The views expressed on the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. That's right, my friends. Get ready for an amazing show with Denver Dave Marv and the Monty Man. This is the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Bing, bang, whoop-de-doo. Feel like whistling again there? I kind of did. For a moment. Well, Denver's here. Good morning. Marv is here. Howdy. And the peanut gallery is here. Dave Fleming from Good Friday morning. Show. So Dave just jumped over from Friday and jumped into Monday. And Friday? Well, he he does Friday show. Just come he, to hang out with you guys. He came I to hang guys. out with us on Monday. And I have a present for Dave. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Glad it's... laughs> because Dave is the co-host for Friday show. Dave made the wall. Oh my, oh, oh my goodness! Made the wall. Finally. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But it's in the well, wrong, it's on, in the wrong frame. So we just have to stick it there for now. <laughs> okay. And Dave, here is your own copy of it. But wow. this is an edge to edge. This is eight and a half by eleven. So you got to find a frame that'll do eight and a half by eleven for that. I think I got one. Okay. Or, or just trim it down. Well, you can't trim it down because it's edge to edge. I don't know. My printer it, didn't work. It might work. be ache radio. My, <laughs> ache, not My take. printer didn't work too <laughs> good. But we have this wall. We have this wall Good that has that. our different co-host <laughs> pictures on it and so forth. And uh, it, if you are so inclined on Friday, which you can access any time of the week, but every Friday the show updates. It's called Entitled to Overcome. Solutions for life today. That's right. Yes. Yeah, we're going to be talking on that on that show uh, coming up. We're going to be talking about bullying. Bullying. Hmm. Bully. That's hard to say. Bullying. Never being picked for the dodgeball team. Hmm. Oh, those Hmm. days. Those days. Those days. Yes, indeed. Well, welcome to the Tank 12 Recovery Radio Show. It is good to have you with us. The topic this week, the option of relapse. Now, I know exactly what some people are saying. Well, that's not an option. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I got a a cup of coffee (laughs) right in front of me here, and as long as that thing sits in front of me, it is always an option whether yeah. I'm going to pick that sucker up or not. Yep. It's what am I going to do? Am I going to am I going to give in to that option or not? So it's always an option. So don't kid yourself. It's not an option. Oh yeah, it is. Well, I don't think that's what they meant. Don't argue with me. <laughs> yeah, he's got the controls over there. Be nice. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be talking about the option of relapse. Uh, yes, indeedy. That's what we're going to do. Hey, 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 it's time for shout-outs. Shout-outs! Denver has... <laughs> Cecil, you're getting what I got, I think. Denver has the shout-outs for this Yeah, week. I do. I keep trying to put initials on the back of these, but here we go. We got Mickey, Judy, Nick, Bob, Dave, Butch, Jenny, Lori, John, Billy, Rick, Andrew, Sherry, Jennifer, Eric, 
or Aaron, excuse me, uh, George, Pete, Wade, Stephen, Stephen, Mike, TJ, and Keith. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you for commenting. Thank you for, you for tuning your input. in. Yes. Yeah. So if you comment on WordPress, if you comment on Google Plus, if you comment on Facebook, if you comment on Instagram, if you comment on Podomatic. So you're discriminating against those who don't have the ability to use a computer. That's right. <laughs> You're darn right we are. Well, they can always write into the stroke. Or, yeah. they can, or anybody that writes in to Take 12. Stroke of the pen. At Take12Radio at Comcast.net. Or if you'd like to write, literally write. Does anybody know how to do that anymore? Yeah, yeah. I love to. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you can send a... Snail mail to KHLT, P.O. Box 93, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up the pen. It's a lost a lost art. It is, don't... They don't even teach cursive in school anymore. Do you know that? Cursing? Cursive. Oh. Cursive. Right. Cursive. Yeah. The, uh, there, are, there is a, a, a ray of hope. I know there's a, a ministry that I requested a prayer book from. In order for you to get one, you actually have to write in by hand the request. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. Well, good. That's a good deal. Finally, I think. Stop right there. It's time <laughs> for Boxing Man's Weekly Wine. That's right. So I know I have one or two, and I think Denver does too. So Denver. Yeah, I do. I wish I felt better. I'm kind of getting the crud, but yeah, I'd like to lay into this a little bit. All right, just do it. <laughs> do it. Not too hard. So uh, I'm a janitor, right? And I'm used to picking up people's other messy little messes and things like that. Sanitary engineer. Sanitary, yeah. Anyways, so uh, I don't know. It, it. I go around different places at work, and I'm picking up, picking up, and picking up. And I just often f find it amazing to me that people will get so close to the trash can but won't quite make it. it Heather. Hit, it hits the floor. Heather. Monty. Oh, my. I'm calling her out. My. So let me, let, me, <laughs> let me explain one incident here that just cracked me up. And I shared it with my employer. He goes, oh, yeah, that's typical. But uh, the white dots, you know, when you're uh, you're – Making oh, your hole punch uh, thing, yeah, the hole punch thing. The three, well, anyways, they'll empty those out. And I walked into an office the other day and I looked at the floors, I'm making my rounds, and all of a sudden I see that they've had they've emptied their uh, machine out and they've made their way to the trash can and they almost got to the <laughs> trash can. All right, I'm sure that some of them made it in there. But it looked like a small nuclear device had exploded the rest of them <laughs> all over the office floor. And rather than rather than go find a broom or tediously pick one up at a time, which is quite a chore. In Those itself, things are hard to get up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But rather than do that, I guess it was close to quitting time and they just thought they would jettison the building. And leave them all behind. For you. Yeah. And it's my job. So I'll do it. But I just, I walked in and I thought, oh my goodness. So close. <laughs> you were so close. But you didn't quite <clears throat> make it. 
exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, maybe it's just me, but I'm one of these people that if I walk past a piece of trash on the sidewalk and I'm thinking, that's not my job, suddenly uh, I get a little conviction and I turn around and I go back and pick that piece of paper up. It's just in me. Thank Thank you, Mom and Dad, for instilling that kind of uh, yes, you know, moral in me. Thank you, Mother, Father. But for the rest of you, it's kind of bothersome sometimes. Just I, put, I, I, I know, I know. Just put the trash can where you can conveniently hit it. Yeah. So if you if your aim's off a little to the left, yeah. move it over to the left. Yeah. So or yeah. or get a bigger trash can. Heather, it's okay. We love Heather. I just think they're 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 helping you out because. Do you think that, Dave? If you have something to do, I'll be over to your office with some white dots. Some, I, I <laughs> I'll be helping you out. I actually have some on my floor already. So, <laughs> well, what's a bummer is when when you accidentally break that rubber seal on the the triple hole oh. punch thing. Oh yeah, and they just and you don't realize how many have accumulated over the yeah. months. Yeah, and the they dot go everywhere. The yeah. dot fairy hasn't showed up on your <laughs> desk in a month, and then you hit the corner of that, and it goes everywhere. Man, that's a mess. I agree. Quickly find find something to pick that they're up. They're really unless you have a vacuum cleaner, they're really hard. I mean, the the funny thing is, is I followed the white dots <clears throat> oh. to a particular desk. Oh, okay, <laughs> so we know who the culprit was. Oh. Yeah, all right. Well, maybe all you right. Should, maybe you should leave them a little gift. No, mine mine is to serve, Monty. Mine is to serve. No, okay. Maybe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is that it? The... Consider yourself served. Okay, very good. <laughs> All right. All right. So mine, uh, my, this one is for my wife. All right. All right, because she came home the other uh, She went to go get a burger at Wendy's, and it took her forever. There seems to be a problem... When people are in the drive-through, not paying attention to move up, texting. That's exactly what they're doing. They're on their stupid phones. There should be some sort of device at every drive-up that disables your phone as soon as you pull in, <laughs> because they're not paying any attention. Yeah, and the lady, ladies, looking out the window, like, "Come on, pull up, pull up. Your order's ready." And people are just sitting there. Maybe she's on the new app to order that everybody has. They have that too, yeah, where you just you you order it and then you pull up and they bring it out to you. Yeah. Thing. What's up with that? Well, I heard that Uber will actually bring you a McDonald an order from McDonald's now. <laughs> I want a vanilla cone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want a ninety nine cent cone. Bring it to my house. <laughs> So people that don't pull up in the drive-thru, and they have these, and and more than that, and I get this, is these silly drive-thrus that are these split things. They're like split drive-thrus. And so when you you have two menus and the cars are racing to get ahead of the other car, and I mean, I'm surprised that there hasn't been some fender benders there. but They actually flow rather smooth considering what? They are about, like you said, two right. mer- two merging people trying to get to the same hamburger. <laughs> it's crazy, <laughs> crazy. But my biggie, uh, my biggie though, is this is Oregon. It rains in Oregon a lot. What is the deal on the freeways with the reflectors on the on the freeways and highway? You can't even see them. <laughs> They, now, the ones in the middle, every so many miles, they'll have ones that are really bright, and you can see them. But you, 
I don't get it. They, they don't have any on the side. Like they should have ones on what do they call them the fog line that are like yellow and have the white ones in the middle so you can see where the flipping road is. So it's pouring down like crazy. We're coming back from Salem yesterday and we realized you can't see the road. They now you could if they would put the reflectors down, but in a state like Oregon, you would think they would put those down. Yeah, it's not like they have plows that run the freeway. Right. For, you know, four months out of the year. Yeah. You have poles for that, don't you? Along the side of the road when the snow piles up that high. Oh. Yeah. 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 This is how high the snow was. And so I don't know. I just, I was thinking, you know, I, come on, road department. We're paying taxes here for crying out loud. Marv, you got anything to whine about? Uh, no, you guys pretty well took it all. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, any whine? Any whining? Mm. That counts. No, I, I I quit 13 years ago. Oh, did you? Well, we're just uh, starting. <laughs> uh, we'll see. All right. I quit the wine. But but <laughs> more importantly, there is a win. That's right. Absolute win. Yesterday was Resurrection Sunday. And uh, I had a marvelous day yesterday. I went uh, went to church in the morning at Neighborhood Church, had a wonderful service there, and then went over to Hope Church and watched my son uh, direct the choir over there. And they put on an extremely well done um, presentation. Uh, the music, everything was just just awesome. Uh, they had a ton of people getting baptized. And that was awesome to watch. And they had these great T-shirts for everybody. You, you get baptized, you get a T-shirt. I almost decided ooh, to get baptized because I wanted a T-shirt. But no, you get a T-shirt as a big giant water water drop on. It says, I have decided. And I thought that was really cool. And then to top off Easter, I came home and I got to watch one of my favorite rock artists perform his role as Herod. In the rock opera Jesus Christ Superstar, Alice Cooper played Herod, John Legend played Jesus, and it was amazing. They did an excellent job, and it was—it's hard to pull off a live Broadway performance and televise it, but they did a very, very good job with it. Hmm. So that was—that was my win. It just wrapped up Easter for me, just superb. Yes, you didn't see it, did you? No, I slept, like I said. Alice I... Cooper was a trip as Herod. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Alice Cooper's a trip anyway. He's a trip Can't anyway. Can't wait to get him on the show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. And uh, so there's that. Yeah, so the resurrection of our Lord and Savior was celebrated yesterday, and how can you not win with that? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to take uh, a little break. and we'll come back, uh, we're going to do a little Take 12 trivia. Woo. Don't go away. A college security officer called to tell me there was a drinking party on campus. The officer said there had been excessive drinking and our son was in the hospital for alcohol poisoning. He said my husband and I should come as soon as we could. I knew my son would face distractions and temptations when he went away to school. He already had unfortunate experiences with alcohol and he was a little too good at fitting in with the crowd. 
I had no idea things could get so much worse so fast. A nurse suggested we attend Al-Anon family groups. Even though our son claimed his drinking was no big deal, he said he was not an alcoholic and that he could quit whenever he wanted. I didn't want to go to an Al-Anon meeting, but I'm sure glad I went. Is someone's drinking troubling you? You might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon family group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-AL-ANON or go to alanon.org. And welcome back. I think it's time. It's time. Oh, yes. It's time. It's that favorite time of the show for Cecil. It's Take 12 Trivia Time. Brought to you by that 12-step magazine award-winning publication, The 12-Step Cassette. Visit their website at 12stepcassette.com. And now... Here's your favorite trivia host, the Monty Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the way I feel. That's right. It's time for a little Take 12 trivia. Thank you, Cecil. <clears throat> Cecil has a cold. All right, we've done this one before, but these are different questions. This is Hamburger Trivia, Dave. Dave's rolling his eyes. He's going, Welcome trivia. to Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right, here's uh, number one. How many hamburgers on average do Americans eat per year? Oh, oh. Now I'm going to give you the choices here. Okay. 15 billion, 25 billion, or 50 billion? Dave, you're the peanut gallery this week, so wow. what do you think? Can you repeat them? 15, 25, or 50 billion? I thought, I thought it was individuals mm. eat. Uh, now how, many, how many hamburgers do average Americans 50. eat? 50. 50 billion? Sure. Uh-oh. <laughs> Somebody's phone's ringing. Yeah, that's me. Maybe it's the president. Or the vice president. Or your boss. Squirrel? It is my boss. Uh, Marv, what do you think? Uh, 15, 25, or 50 billion? I'll go with 50. 50? What do you think there, Denver? Well, that totally blew me away. I thought individually, because I, uh, I would eat cheeseburgers three times a day. So I'm going with the highest number. Yeah, yeah, you guys are correct. That's fun. It is. Uh, it is fifty billion. That Americans eat uh, fifty billion burgers a year, which translates to three burgers a week for every single person in the United States. So are they? What kind, are they including all burgers? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Don't ask me where they get these numbers. I don't know. Maybe some rabbit somewhere makes them up. I, I have no idea. But that's what they say. Whoever they are. They. They. The burger <laughs> police. Yes, they. Ooh, that sounds like a horror movie. They. Here's number two. According to the McDonald Burger Chain, as of 2013, McDonald sells how many hamburgers per second? 25, 50, or 75 per second? What do you think, Denver? The largest number again. Okay, Dave? Yeah, I yeah? agree. Marv? Uh, I was thinking per second, the yeah. smallest number. 25. No. Sorry, Marv. Yeah. It actually is 75 <clears throat> per second. That's, that's as of 2000. Can you believe that? That's crazy. 75 per second. That's worldwide, <laughs> I'm assuming. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, here's number three. To avoid using the German name hamburger, World War II soldiers used what name for the burger? Here's your choices. Beefwitch, Liberty Burger, or Slider? Dave, what do you think? Can you repeat the... Oh, to avoid man. using the German name hamburger, World War II soldiers would use the, this name for the burger. Beefwitch, Liberty Burger, or Slider? I'll have to go with Liberty Burger. Okay. What do you think, Marv? Uh, Liberty Burger. Slider. Sorry, Denver. You guys uh, are correct, though. I, it is, I almost said Slider. Slider just sounds like something military. <laughs> yeah. 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 It Slider. was a Liberty Burger. Yep. Slider is more of a current term. Yes, you're right. All right. And here's your bonus. And if you get this right, so what? Uh, <laughs> when is the oldest hamburger chain in America? Foster Freeze, McDonald's, or White Castle? Denver? Mm -hmm. Oh, hit me again with a question. What is the oldest hamburger chain in America? Foster Freeze, McDonald's, or White Castle? White Castle. Dave? White Castle. Marv? White Castle. Yes, you guys are <laughs> correct. White Castle is the <laughs> oldest burger chain in America. It was started in 1921 by Walter A. Anderson and E.W. Ingram, who sold their burgers for five cents. That's my kind of burger. Wouldn't that be great? Little wimpy burgers. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That does it for Take 12 Trivia. Oh, I don't know what that was. Squirrel. I'm not sure. <laughs> Where'd that come from? There we go. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's what I have to say about that. Or maybe this. <laughs> What do you think, Denver? Moving right along. All right, moving right along. The topic this week. <laughs> oh, Lordy. The topic this week, um, uh, the option of relapse. The option of relapse. Relapse is always an option. Whether you think so or not, it is. Uh, as long as substances have been around, it's always been an option. And if it's not substances, uh, we can relapse into all behaviors. One of the things that we know when we get into recovery, uh, for for those who are truly addicts or alcoholics or people that are that have come to a place where they realize that without um, the power of God in their life, they're powerless over the ability to, for lack of a better term, put the plug in the jug. Relapse is something that's we well we see it way too often. Right, Dave? I mean, it's just constant. Yeah, that's, you know, people people come in and out of the rooms uh, just like, I mean, it's just crazy. And, and there's a lot of reasons for it, and these are just some of them. Um, the one that's listed as number one on this list, though, really isn't number one. Um, it's actually probably one of the last things to happen. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to talk about that one as we work up to it. So... Um, here's one, putting off step work. Now, when we're talking about, and this show is, is we're really focused on a 12-step approach. Uh, the, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is found in the big book, not in the meetings, it's in the big book. Uh, in the chapter named How It Works, the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions are outlined. If you are not currently working your steps or have not already worked your steps, you are not in recovery, according to the outline of Alcoholics Anonymous. The entire program functions from the step work. You get sober through the step work. You stay sober through the step work. You help others stay sober through the step work. If you aren't doing the step work, 
you are doing none of the above. You can go to meetings and hang out with sober people and read the big book or other recovery-associated literature, but there is no combination of those things that can take the place of your working the steps. If you put off your step work, you're putting off your sobriety. One of the foundations of the program is giving back to others. If you never do your step work or take forever to finish it, then the longer it will take you to be able to take someone else through the steps and what keeps you sober is giving back. That's one of the things. How many people get into a 12-step fellowship but don't do any of the steps? Maybe not even the first three. Maybe they just read them on the wall. Um, so that's a biggie. Would you say that's a biggie, Dave? Oh, definitely. That's probably the well, the number one thing is people don't they don't work the steps. Right. Know. They've had some bad experiences, and they say, well, I don't need the 12 steps. I can just go to church, or I can go, you know, I can just, you know, will myself into sobriety. Yeah, how do you do that? Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Unsuccessfully, normally. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of people that go there because they, they're they required to as a condition of probation. So show up and get <coughs> their sheet signed off. and right. And there's people, and I think it's okay. I mean, there's people that are not alcoholic in AA, and there's people that are not addicts in NA that go and get some good life skills, and they go to meetings, and they do well and improve their life. Some of them, they were abusers, and they stop, and they don't have to do any of this stuff. Good for them, right? That's great. But if, I don't know about you guys, but if you're like me, I had to put these things into practice, and I had to sit down with somebody and have them teach me how to apply some basic life principles and in this uh, in this arena through the step process. Well, I think the steps are just a good model for anybody. They don't even have to be right. an addict or alcoholic. Just a good way to live. live sure, sure. Uh, not praying or meditating. So these are these are red flags, by the way. Um, that relapse may be right around the corner or you may be in it. Uh, not praying or meditating. Prayer and meditation are both cornerstones of recovery. Prayer and meditation anchor the recovering person in the will of their higher power or God. So how important is prayer for you, Marv? Um, how important is it? Yeah. Uh, it saved my life. It saved your life. That's how important. Yeah, Dave. What about you? Yeah, once I started doing uh, uh, the prayer meditation and uh, and I pray, you know, every day, right? You know, as often as I need to. Um, my meditation can be reading or it could be listening to a podcast on the radio. One of the best books I've ever read by an alcoholic who who is a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, a guy by the name of Mike D, is a book called Basic Prayer and Simple Meditation. And uh, you can uh, you can find that book. You can go to Take12Radio.com and click on our partners page and uh, look at uh, Mike D's banner, and you can get that book there. It's very thin. It's very simple. And it really addresses the importance of prayer and medita- meditation. Denver, did you ever have a kind of wonder about this meditation thing? I mean, we talk about prayer a lot, but 
Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, people see me. I'm up to, I'm talking to God pretty regular, <laughs> sometimes out loud, and so I'm in constant all day long about prayer, meditation, finding my quiet spot where right. I can just dwell on on uh, calm thoughts. Yeah, very important. And finding that in today's uh, busyness is difficult sometimes, but I think it's very necessary if we're to maintain a a, a good level of serenity in our life is to have some quiet time with God or just quiet time period. And meditation doesn't have to be this mystical, weird thing at all. No. You know, just sitting out on your back porch swing and just watching the grass grow. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Glorifying, and this one, I hear this so often, glorifying or romanticizing periods of prior substance abuse. Mm. War stories. Sitting around. And I remember I remember there was a time in Teen Challenge where if you were caught yeah. telling a war story, you were out. Yeah, it was pretty they it was pretty really, severe back then. Really severe. Yeah. And, and it's still not uh it's frowned upon to be digging up those glorifying moments of your your past usage. Yeah. But it's it it, it can be easy to fall into and not even realize you're doing it almost like an inappropriate joke before you know it you're kind of in it and you often find people giving testimonies that you have to tone down because they're uh they spend more time dwelling on or discussing whatever sharing the war end of the story the ugly side of it as compared to what actually is transpiring with god's recovery yeah in their life yeah so dave as a certified alcohol and drug counselor you you hear people do this a lot yeah, it happens quite often in group, uh, and so my part of my job is, or what I like to do, is try to redirect that and uh, help them identify that that's happening. Yeah, and maybe think about different ways of talking about the same subject, or or not. Same thing with language, you know, um, slang language, talking about you know women chicks baby mamas you know i'm constantly trying to correct these guys it's like no let's if we want to change our lives we have to change the language that we use as well yeah and that usually is tied into the glorifying and the old behaviors marv you've been attending 12-step meetings for a very long time have you heard this happen in meetings people will start on a roll and i was I was going to bring this up, and, yeah. and I kind of hesitated. But what I'm seeing, and uh, I'm not—I'm trying not to be judgmental, but sure. you know, there's some people in the meetings I go to that have like 25, 30 years right. um, sobriety, and I get sick and tired of hearing the war stories. Every meeting, they're saying the same things over and over and over. And these are people with longevity with sobriety. And so when I seen this popped up, I thought, um, wow, you know, red flag. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it, yeah, it happens. Yeah. And and I'm kind of thinking maybe Dave's right. They, they they don't even realize they're doing it, but sure. they're telling the same stuff over right. and over and over. I remember in 
<clears throat> my early attendance at one of the fellowships, getting into this and actually kind of getting off on it. I mean, it would kind of make me feel like I was using. You know, I I don't know if it was endorphins or right. what was happening. Those but stories trigger the same parts of the brain as when you were using. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing. They've done uh, brain scans. And it's just amazing how it just your brain just lights up. Yeah, You're going to places, talking about it. Yeah. Uh, here's one: previous behaviors emerge when someone who's been in recovery begins exhibiting some of his or her old behaviors, suddenly becoming less concerned with grooming and hygiene or any type of behavior that might be considered similar to obsessive compulsions. It's like that he or she has relapsed or is in great danger of relapsing. So when a person normally acts one way and then out of the blue, they're not taking care of themselves. Maybe they, they're starting to use inappropriate language again. You know, these, these kind of old behavior things. Maybe they're doing stuff that they used to do when they first came in. Something's up. And most of us that have attended 12-step support fellowships have recognized this, and we've, you know, we've elbowed the guy next to us go, uh-oh, so-and-so's in trouble because they're acting like they haven't acted in a while and they're doing something different. Um, insisting that just one drink or just a small amount of a drug isn't a risk. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, in a bad way. But I can smoke marijuana now. I'm, I don't have yeah. a problem with it, and it's yeah. legal here in yeah. Oregon. This is Alcoholics Anonymous. This has nothing to do with marijuana, <laughs> so I can continue yeah. to smoke pot. Right. And uh, uh, have you ever heard that, Marv? I've heard <laughs> <that>. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> subtly, subtly, right, right. So. One of the things that you talk about, Dave, on Friday's show is the only thing you have to change is everything. Right. Right. Um, Narcotics Anonymous is very good in their literature at at actually um, looking at this when it talks about we must abstain from all drugs in order to recover. And alcohol is a drug. A drug, period. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because there are people in Narcotics Anonymous that like to separate narcotics from alcohol. And it's interesting because I read an article by the American Medical Association years ago that actually puts alcohol in the narcotic family. Just kind of kind of like when you're in an AA meeting and people say, we don't talk about drugs here. Well, <laughs> newsflash, <clears throat> alcohol is a drug. And according to Alcoholics Anonymous, alcoholism is an addiction. It's in the book. Therefore, if you are addicted to alcohol, you are a drug addict. But we thanks for that clarification. Yeah. Just want to make sure everybody. <laughs> yeah, that that that's a game changer. Well, we for should, a lot of people, just repeat it. that over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> I know, right? Right. Uh, Marvin, your experience in in meetings, you've heard. I know I have. People get all uptight if somebody talks about something other than alcohol. Is that still going on? Where people oh. get all excited about that? Oh. Uh, 
Actually, it's a minority anymore. Mm. You, you don't see that a lot. As much as you used to. A little bit. Yeah. Um, some of the hardliners. Right. You know, <laughs> right. This is Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, or right. whatever. Are they on pills? But not, not, <laughs> near, not near as much as yeah, say, because we had 20 so much, years ago. Or, right. So. Because the pure alcoholic, <clears throat> whatever that means, <laughs> there's not too many of those. Most people are cross- Addicted or I, I'm a pure alcoholic. Yeah, well, uh, you're. I never did drugs. I had no desire. I, in fact, uh, at the risk of getting beat up here, I <laughs> thought it was kind of wimpy. You know, you drink whiskey. You know, that's you, right. You don't. <laughs> I, I spilled more than you drank. Right. <clears throat> Caffeine yeah. is a drug. <laughs> Period. <laughs> And if you don't think it's not mood or mind altering, you got another thing coming. Take away a man's morning cup of coffee and see what happens. I get a little grumpy. Bang bang. Bang bang. Yeah. Start going with your withdrawals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not having a sponsor or not communicating with your sponsor. Now, I've been told by whoever they are again. Right there, they are that about eighty percent of people that attend twelve step support meetings don't have a sponsor, and what they mean by that don't have is they may actually have when they call their sponsor, but it's only a phone number. It's not ever utilized. That's a, that's a huge amount, if that's accurate. So, why do you think people don't actually have sponsors when that's kind of a an important piece of recovery? Why do you think they don't get one, Denver? <laughs> Who's going to make that phone call in the middle of a good drinking session? Or even, I wasn't. Be- even before you pick up. Yeah, I right. wasn't going to. Yeah. Me, me either. No. So a sponsor could really wreck that high for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> David, did you ever call your sponsor right before you were going to drink or use? Uh, well... I didn't have a sponsor until I was pretty much I was done with using. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I uh, you know, I'm going to throw this out there, but it was drinking was an option. Using was an option, wasn't an option for me because I knew because God kind of put it on my conscience that mm-hmm. if I use again, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make it back again. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, it wasn't until I was ready to actually do the work that I actually did the work. Now, I may get in trouble with some of our mainstream <laughs> mainstream right. 12-step fellowships, but <clears throat> I'd also put in there like spiritual advisors or mentors sure. or, or, or somebody that, that you're accountable to. It doesn't always have to be a quote-unquote sponsor. I mean, it may be worded differently depending on where you're from or, you know, what fellowship you're in. Um, but if you don't have somebody somebody that has permission to call you on your BS, and you don't have somebody like that in your life, there's probably a good reason for it. It's probably because you you don't want to disclose certain things that maybe you should. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I know people that don't have a, let's say, a formal sponsor anymore, but they have four or five people in their lives that know them really well and will say, you know, hey, Marv, what's going on, right? You're kind of acting a little weird or whatever. I mean, you, if you don't have somebody in your life like that, you're probably 
going to find yourself in deep weeds at some point. Wouldn't you say? Yes, I would. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, not taking care of yourself if you are preoccupied with using drugs and alcohol your typical habits regarding self-care will likely slip slip by the wayside our self-worth and self-esteem is tied to sobriety because sobriety and recovery is a self-esteem building lifestyle Um, I think it's yeah it's not taking care of yourself it can be a sign of some other something else besides Relapsing on your chemicals might be depression or something else going on in your life. Or your coffee cup lid just... <laughs> Is that what's going on over there? Yeah, I tell you to drink a, a coffee. And... You got a hole in uh, your lip? Your sippy cup My fell. sippy cup lid fell off. <laughs> it has got a hole in his lip. Oh, my gosh. Relapse. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I agree, Dave. Um Reconnecting with old friends and acquaintances. We talked about this last Friday. Mm, yes, we did. Old playgrounds, playmates, and playthings. I had a guy tell me the other day, well, I have a right to have the friends I want. Sure. Sure you do. Sure. So? <laughs> What's your quality of life? Yeah. When a recovered addict begins spending time and socializing with the people that were his or her friends during active addiction, there is a significant chance that the individual has relapsed or is in danger of relapsing. I know a gentleman. Isn't that like the barbershop thing? Yeah, and you hang around the barbershop, you're going to get a haircut eventually? Yeah. I know a guy who actually said, made the statement, God told me, this is what he said, God told me, to go into this using environment and use dope oh. so I could identify with my girlfriend and get her out of that house. <laughs> that's yeah. that's risky Sounds behavior. Like justifying. <laughs> I said, I don't think God ever asks us to uh. sin to accomplish his work. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. That's not good. <clears throat> it's interesting. That was years ago, and that individual actually came knocking on our car car window when we were leaving church yesterday and he was just out of his head out of his head so it didn't fare well yeah with him. he didn't save the girlfriend <clears throat> no and he's not with anybody today um show signs of slipping out of daily routine similar to the reappearance of previous behaviors a recovered addict who has relapsed will slowly begin to slip out of his or her daily routines this could mean going to bed significantly later or sleeping much later, leaving his or her home several times throughout the day. <laughs> yeah. Unexplained absences from work, no longer keeping up with his or her laundry, and numerous other changes in routine. So we kind of covered that before. Here's one that is really a biggie. Defensiveness. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to... You're Just waiting for that. that. Yeah, well, where are you going with that? Yeah, what's that about? <laughs> End of show. What do you mean? <laughs> so, Fred, do you, you think maybe that was not a wise decision? Well, I have, I have a right to make my own decision. You can't tell me what to do. Jeez. A common characteristic of alcohol and drug uh, addicts is defensiveness. <laughs> right? We're right fighters. Although it originates in being defensive against... Uh, accusations of substance abuse and addict's defensiveness quickly bleeds into most other aspects of life. 
anyone, the individual is questioned about something or any time, uh, even the most main done things, there's a strong chance that he or she will get defensive. You guys ever get defensive? Just just naturally? Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to pop up. Right is right, wrong is wrong. Right. But when you start justifying, justifying, I guess, maybe not even... Uh, it's the same thing, I, I suppose. But, right. Yeah, when you start justifying it, you, you're liable to be uh, maybe hiding something. I don't know. Yeah. Your thoughts, Dave? Okay, Marv. Jeez, Dave. <laughs> Looking right at what? What are you saying, Dave? Uh, exhibiting compulsive behaviors. Wow. Well, okay. Compulsive behaviors are an extremely common trait among individuals with substance abuse problems. When a person has previously stuffed or suffered stuffed. Why did I say stuffed? Thinking about the cat. Uh, <gasps> suffered from addiction. There's a strong indication that he or she has an addictive personality or that he or she could easily become addicted to other things. So switching addictions. Right? Shut up, Denver. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Give us an example of... Energy drinks. There you go. That's that's one. I I got one for you. When I when I got out of uh, when I <laughs> I started started my new life and I made a go of this, I switched. You know, from spending my money on drinking, till I started going to Starbucks every morning. Right. Yeah. Getting the large uh, uh, mocha with you know an extra shot and. And then I'd go over to uh, the other thing I'd do is I go to Walmart. I started getting into hot, collecting Hot Wheels. The guy at my work told me about all these like treasure chests they call them. They've right. got a little symbol on the and they're worth money. Yeah. And so I got into that. And so then I started. You know, next thing I know, I'm spending more money on Hot Wheels and coffee than I was on my my addiction. It's crazy. Wow. Were, were other things suffering for it? What's that? <clears throat> were other things that were healthy for you suffering for it? Were you spending money? unwisely and well i probably should have put that money towards paying off some of my bills okay to pay them off right. quicker but yeah is it okay to get kind of go overboard a little bit with something that you enjoy as long as it's not hurting other areas of your life well i think the term overboard means it's causing problems in your life oh, right? okay oh that's a bummer <laughs> I mean, you could do things that are enjoyable. Like I could right. collect Hot Wheels in a in a more healthy way. Sure. Uh, and you know, make my own coffee at home instead of going to Starbucks and spending God, I don't even know, you know enough eight, eight bucks for a you know a cup of coffee or something. Crazy, so, you know? so people that switch addictions or compulsions, or they go from an, an addiction to a compulsion, um, it, those things could include. Going from methamphetamine use to food, right? I mean, I've seen people, you know, we know that meth use and a lot of other heavy drugs causes weight loss. And I've seen people actually blow up. I mean, just put on tons of weight um, and become what they call love hunger food addicts. Um, we here, Marv doesn't. In fact, Marv's cut down on his coffee. What's wrong with you? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Something's wrong. I know that. <laughs> but 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 I, I noticed that's one thing in AA meetings. Boy, you you stop the inflow of coffee 
people get really uptight. What do you mean we can't can't afford coffee? Well, people start better start stepping up to the plate and donating cans of coffee. If you don't put a dollar in the basket for coffee, you have no business coming to a meeting. I've heard that one before. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some run. old crotchety old I would old run timer. from that meeting <laughs> like, to the nearest coffee house. You know, the, the, the food thing with, with alcoholics is pretty prevalent, too, because right. you go from all those calories, right? Yeah. From the alcohol, yeah. which basically just turned into fat anyway. Right. Uh, so now you've got to replace those calories with food is, is what ends up happening. I had a friend who would sneak out at night. Once he stopped drinking, he'd sneak out at night to go down to the 7-Eleven to get three or four Snickers bars. And his wife caught him. Was that a friend? Know, that was that wasn't me. That okay. was a friend. Okay, I'm not big on Snickers bars. <laughs> It'd been Reese's peanut butter cups if it was me. But it, it what it was doing was the sugar. He was replacing the sugar from the sugar that because he was a big beer drinker. We had guys in Teen Challenge in Lebanon. We'd go down to the kit. We'd hear something because that that was back when we had staff 24 hours a day. And you'd hear something going down down in the kitchen, and these guys are down there breaking into the pantry, eating jams and jellies by the spoonful, because their body was going to withdrawal from the alcohol. Right. Um, but anyway, I drink I drink uh, Bang energy drinks. I like them. They don't have a lot of the garbage that's in the other energy drinks. But I will tell you, quite honestly, <laughs> Sounds like justification. justification. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You know, it says in the big book, alcoholics drink primarily for the effect. Don't Isn't that why we drink caffeine? For it, the effect. It is for me. Just to fend off the withdrawals. <laughs> <laughs> so Denver likes an energy drink. Uh, I can see that. I, I do. Uh, this compulsive behavior you speak of, I have it bad. I take up a, you know, I take up a hobby. Yeah. And it's just go, go, go. I took up fly time. I had the best of everything. You know, you were unhealthily maybe even spending money to get right. involved into this hobby. And now I have this other hobby, which makes a little money. But I did an inventory on belts last night, and I'm sitting on about a hundred. That I wow. Yeah, I'm doing a sale that I'm plugging a sale this weekend, everybody. So if you're in Piccadilly down in Eugene, Oregon, come on by and buy a belt. But yes, anyways, yeah, my whole com- I have compulsions, man. I do. It's just I get started in something and uh, I just go crazy with it. So so yeah, it, it was little wonder that when I picked up a bottle, yeah, I fell in love with it. Right. Do you have any compulsions, Mark? Anything that you do a little too much of? Probably. You ain't gonna tell us. Care to share, Mark? Care to share? Well, I'll tell you something. Yeah, uh, I'm having a hard time with this topic, and the reason is is because all of these things, mm-hmm. um, if if uh, if they were performed perfectly, you would be a uh, Sadducee or uh, something like that. Yeah, right. And what's not mentioned here, which I don't even know how to say it, it, it it's it's kind of screwing me up because I'll <laughs> tell you why. I just come out of, and you know this, Molly, yeah. and Denver does too, a long period, a very long period of depression sure. and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think probably through all of these things, um, there's been a little bit of all of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But the one thing that, I recognized 
I'm not saying I'm right, okay? Right, right. Is God's grace. Amen. Because I have been in a lot of these uh, so-called relapse situations. And didn't drink. And I didn't drink. Right. And that's God's grace. It absolutely is. And <clears throat> and just because something's a red flag, that that's just a cautionary thing. Because what you do when that red flag pops up or what God gives you the power to do when that red flag pops up is really really what's important. And you've gone through some of this stuff. Th- these things doesn't necessarily mean a person's going to return to drinking or using, but there are things to watch for. There are things to be cautious about, you know. And, and I mean, I, I have to agree with you. I've been, you know, I've experienced all of these in sobriety. Yes. And didn't didn't drink right absolutely yeah and that's another thing too that i think is important for people to realize and and that is the fact that it doesn't really matter how much time right you've got in the program because this happened to me after 28 years of sobriety uh-huh and and so yeah. if the depression and all that know, stuff yeah yeah. yeah. So if you're thinking, well, I'm an old timer and, and I thought this when this first happened to me, why is this happening to me? I've got 28 years of sobriety, blah, blah, blah. Well, it doesn't matter. Life it, still it, happens. It, it still happens. Yeah. 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 Uh, having unreal, uh, unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot in in recovery. Having those expectations. And uh, my sponsor told me, uh, he told me, he said, you sh- probably shouldn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> probably shouldn't have any. Pretty much. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you know. Uh, grandioso ideas was part of the drinking for me. Right. I would sit and think about just, yeah, I'm the cat's meow, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to accomplish that. And none of it got done in the end. Expectations are something I think all of us have, no matter how healthy we are, several times during the day, right? I mean, even from, okay, the light's going to stay green, the light's going to stay green. (laughs) There's an expectation, right? And then when it turns turns yellow and then red, it's like, what? Why me, God? Yeah, why me, (laughs) you know? Um, Don't sweat the small things. (laughs) (laughs) It's what you do with them when they don't appear that matters. right. Uh, denial, of course. If if a person falls back into denial, I mean, we. It's a river in Egypt, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, it says here it's a near universal characteristic amongst addicts. I think it's a near universal characteristic amongst anybody. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah, we could all fall into that. Inability to work through emotions um, or an unwillingness to work through emotional <clears throat> issues. You know, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to deal with that. You know, let, oh, you're pushing you're pushing a sensitive button there. I'm not going there. And you got to watch out for that. What what I find interesting is that uh guys especially have a hard time identifying feelings or emotions. Like, right? It's like you ask them to describe how they're feeling mm-hmm. or what emotions and they just for some reason, I have struggled with that. I don't know if it's from years of society telling men that you know you you don't basically have a right to express your feelings. Just suck it up and 
you know. Big boys don't cry. Thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Be a man. Suck it up. Quit your crying. And this one Dave likes to talk about. Sudden interest in pursuit of intimate relationships. Now, I have heard it said in 12-step yeah, st- <laughs> fellowships, <laughs> oh, and that's a treatment thing, you know. There, there's some wisdom in not getting into an intimate relationship early in recovery. There's wisdom to that. It doesn't have to be a treatment thing or an AA thing or an NA thing. It's just wisdom. I mean, why would you want – I mean, you've got baggage. You want somebody else's too? I mean, I'm having a hard enough time unpacking my own suitcases. Right. You know, when I am when I first come through the rooms. But how many people, I mean, there's that saying, I got sober, I got a job, I got a truck, I got a girlfriend, I got drunk. Seen it happen a million times. Somebody gets a new higher power and she's wearing a skirt. Right, Denver? Uh, 100% agreed. Yeah. I can get lost pretty quick if I don't concentrate on myself first. I don't yeah, know why I don't, and I've heard a lot of people. A lot of people say, "Well, there's nothing in the big book about not getting into a relationship your first year." Why does it have to be in the big book to be wise? Right. There's lots of things. <laughs> that, it doesn't say don't eat hemlock in the big book, but you wouldn't eat hemlock, would you, Marv? No. 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 So that's a biggie. I think that's a real biggie. If you're early in recovery and all of a sudden you're jumping into new relationships, I don't know. It's a that that would be something to watch out for. What do you call a new in recovery? A new in recovery. Somebody that's never done this before and they just walk in the doors. Um, okay. How many months is that? Before you can actually seek out a relationship? <laughs> I don't know. I think everybody's different, right? Right. I think everybody's. I think. I think it becomes pretty obvious, though, when anything causes a distraction and you pull back from your recovery program, whatever that is, and all of a sudden you're not doing it anymore, and you're not showing up, and and uh, you're not being honest, and you know you're not calling your sponsor or your mentor and all those things something is pulling you away something is distracting you and we as christians know that the enemy of our soul loves to hit us with distractions uh the big book talks about it and refers to it as worldly clamors bruce used to talk about that all the time the things that clamor for our attention that pull us away from what we need to be focused on and so uh an intimate relationship you can have with your car I mean, you're putting everything, all your time and effort into, well, it's like your Hot Wheels thing. Um, And that could become a form of idolatry where you're actually worshiping that thing and you're not paying attention to your own recovery. So the one that's number one on here, but I don't think it's number one as far as priority goes, and that's you stop going to meetings. I think people stop going to meetings way before they stop going to meetings. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. You, meetings was the lesser of the suggestions back in the days of the founders. Prayer and meditation was huge, but actually getting together in the living room with Bill and Bob and the women and, and some of the old guys, 
that wasn't nearly as important. I think people get into relapse mode and they actually are going to meetings a lot and they're saying that's their sobriety. I mean, I know people that attend meetings three times a day and they can't stop drinking. So they're not not going to meetings. I think some of this other stuff's not happening. So I don't think people say, well, the first thing that goes is they stop going to meetings. I don't think so. It depends. I mean, it depends. The one that I hear the most of, though, is usually the meetings that end up going first. You know, because they uh, work, they start working, they start uh, relationships or trying to fix relationships. Mm. Especially if someone's like married and and maybe hasn't even kids and they go back home and now there's all the pressure of you've been gone. Right. All this time, or you, you know, literally and figuratively, and now you need to step up and be be a man and take care of your family, and then the recovery kind of gets put to the side. Right. So the first thing that ends up going to a lot of people that I interact with is is the meetings because now they feel pressured to spend time uh, working. Working is a big one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. One of the things you have to focus on really is priorities. It's like, what are your priorities? We got to have, you know, God's first, our recovery, you know, ourselves, yeah, our family, then our job. Especially if you are got a PO looking over your shoulder and they're saying you've got to be at this group session. You got to check in with me uh, three times a week. You need to have gainful employment. <clears throat> I don't even have a car. Not my problem. You got to have gainful employment. Um, you got to be in a meeting four times a week. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hoops that once you get caught up in the legal system, it can be very, very difficult. I knew a guy that lived out in the boonies and they had him going through all these things and he didn't drive or anything and they kept violating him because he couldn't get to these places and he was an older gentleman who was handicapped. They kept throwing him back in jail. That That's really not right. That's no. ridiculous. You know? <laughs> well, there you go. Well, it's a don't don't you think it's kind of a matter of balance? I mean, sure, the balance whole thing. Uh, you know, you hear the argument all the time. You know, meeting meeting makers make it, or right. You know, or, and you do hear people who come back in and they say, "Well, I quit going to meetings." Sure. You know, after they've relapsed, and, and you do hear that stuff. But the fact of the matter is, no matter what, there uh, it's a balance. It is your step work, your sponsor, your your time meditating prayer and meetings. It all kind of fits together, like you know. And, yeah, and, it's all uh, one pie. Yeah, yeah, with pe- different and, pieces in and it. And people want to separate that out. Yeah, it, it seems like to yeah. me. That, yeah, well, that's, that's where that compulsive nature gets in the way. We get fixated on doing, you know, get caught up on one thing, not balancing. The whole big picture of things out here. Sure. You get busy on one thought, one idea. And, and then there's people that, that they're not very happy with the fact that maybe this kind of work that they're doing in their lives is something they need to do for the rest of their lives. And it's just a section of time, and then I'm done. And then they find themselves be into better. trouble. <laughs> you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, all right. So, well... All righty. Okay, so the option of relapse. It's always an option. It's there. What are you going to do with it? Uh, Denver. Yes. How can they listen to the show, Denver? 
All right. Uh, you can listen and download any of our shows by going to Take12Radio.com and clicking on Follow Me on Podomatic. Once there, you can download our app for Android or iOS. You can comment on the shows, love us, hate us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can also listen to the shows on our YouTube channel. Simply go to Take12Radio.com and click on the YouTube icon. And if you'd like to send us your email, our email address is Take12Radio at Comcast.net. That's Take12Radio at Comcast.net. Excellent. Marv, thank you. Thank you. Denver, thank you. Always thank you good much. to see you guys. Dave! Who's in the 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 lube? Is that what they call it? Incognito. Incognito. would <laughs> <laughs> thank him too. Compulsive. <clears throat> Our compulsive. closing song is he's being compulsive. <laughs> compulsive. <laughs> Our closing song is called "On a Night Like This" by Barry J. Hughes. Here you go. Ooh, you have loved me. You have saved me. Many times before Give me as I ask of you For the strength once more To lift me from this place Feels like an abyss Will you be my saving grace On a night like this I'd numb the pain And hide from all my fears Turned to pills, believed cocaine For far too many years So tempted to retrace I wonder what I'd miss Will you be my saving grace On a night like this On a night like this Sober in the morning sun. If I slip, will I recover? Has the devil won? If I leave without a trace, am I someone you would miss? Will you be my saving grace on a night like this? On a night like this. On a night like this I'm so afraid To end up like before The voice inside my head Won't let me get to sleep If temptation wins tonight God knows what I would read Save me, 
Bury me here once more On a night like this I come before you Desperate and unsure The tears run down my face As I reminisce Will you be my saving grace On a night like this Will you be my saving grace On a night like this Well everybody, thank you for joining us uh, this week on Monday's show. Remember you can access all of our shows. It doesn't matter what day of the week that you tune in. Uh, at our archives on YouTube or Podomatic. You can access all them at Take12Radio.com. Don't forget Wednesday's show, The Victory Report, where we interview men and women of Teen Challenge of Arizona sharing their experience, strength, and hope as it relates to overcoming life-controlling issues through the power of God. And then our Friday show, of course, Entitled to Overcome, with our co-host Dave Fleming, Certified Alcohol and Drug Counselor Level 2, and licensed alcohol and drug counselor. Dave's great at what he does, so look forward to Friday's show as well. Make sure that you email us or comment on the shows, take12radio at comcast.net. Until next time, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family. We're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. been a broadcast of Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.